Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. We're in 1 Samuel tonight, so grab your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel. We're going to be looking at a dark night in Saul's life, 1 Samuel 28. 1 Samuel 28. 1 Samuel 28. I can barely see my Bible up here. Oh, Lord, help me. No, I don't want the electronic one. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night together. Thank you that we can get into your word. We want to get your word deep into us, Lord. We want to have a passion about the things of God. So, Lord, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you might exalt us at the proper time. We cast all, our, our, all of our anxiety upon you because you care for us. As we look at Saul, we're going to see lessons about where we get our answers, where we go uh, to seek and knock and ask. And Lord, uh, Saul's fall uh, teaches us a lot, a lot about what not to do. And I pray tonight that we will not be messing with the occult, not be messing with uh, things that are really um, the, the place where Satan works. And so some people tonight have been delivered from that, Lord, and um, they were dabbling in the occult and in the dark stuff and witchcraft and Wicca and that kind of thing. And Saul um, does that in our story. He goes to a witch uh, at Endor to seek answers because God's not speaking to him. And Lord, I know there's a message in here for us, and I pray that whatever you want us to hear, Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, open our eyes, that we might see and apply what you want us to to know tonight. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel 28, verse 1. Now, it came about in those days, and that's when David was at Ziklag, as we saw last week, that the Philistines gathered their armed camps for war, to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the camp, you and your men. Now David was the anointed one, but he had wandered over to the enemy's camp. He was now in the camp of the Philistines, and we, we know why, because he finally threw up his hands and he said, You know what? Saul is going to do me in. I, I'm not going to last. So I'm going to go to the Philistine area and I'm going to hang out there so Saul will give up his chase of me. And what's a little bit ironic here is that it was Saul that drove David into the enemy's camp. Now David did make the decision for himself. And ultimately David has to own that decision, but Saul was the one that did it. Saul was the one that was driving him crazy. Think about how much stuff David put up with from Saul. How how long would you have lasted with this guy chasing you all over the wilderness, trying to to kill you at every turn? David had to be tired. He was human. And so now he's in the Philistine camp, and this is the Philistine king, Achish. And David said to Achish, very well, You shall know what your servant can do. Notice that David calls himself Achish's servant, although I think he's going to leave this a little bit ambiguous about 
uh, what he can do. He, he's not committing to anything. He's just saying, you'll see what I can do. So Akesh said to David, very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Wow. Now, the, the Philistine king is saying, man, it's, it's time for war. And since you're with us and you've proved yourself a capable, noble, honorable man, I'll tell you what, I've got a new role for you. Since you call yourself my servant, you'll be my bodyguard. Literally, in Hebrew, this is the protector of my head. I'm not sure if you knew anything about David's history as a Philistine, that I would be asking David to protect my head. Because it wasn't that many chapters ago that David cut off somebody's head, and that was the head of Goliath, and he kept it. He took it to Jerusalem. And so I'm not sure that that's what I would be asking David to do, but this king is a bit gullible, it would seem. And he says, David, this is, this is what you're going to do for me now. You're going to be my bodyguard for life. Now, David's in a bit of a pickle right now because the war that the Philistines are fighting is against Israel. And so David went to hide in the enemy's camp, but now the enemy is going to fight God's people. And now David's in a bit of a pickle because now, as these armies are going out, this king, whom he's kind of found shelter under his refuge, if you will, now is asking something very difficult of him. And you know, to piggyback on what Pastor Chris taught us last week, sometimes when we put ourselves in this position, more of us is asked for. The enemy always wants more and more and more. More than you're willing to give, I hope. <laughs> you don't even want to be there. But David's there because he thought, well, somehow I'll find shelter here. But now this king is ramping it up. And he's saying, you're going to stand by my side and we're going to war. And by the way, we're going to war with your people. It's a sad thing when the people of God do war against each other, but it did happen in the Old Testament. It happens now. Christians fighting against Christians. It's a sad thing, but it does happen. And the enemy is a divider, and he tries to divide and conquer. That's his plan. So whenever you see division happening, you can know that the enemy is getting a foothold in a house, a church, a family, whatever it is. Now Samuel, verse 3, was dead. And all Israel, we, had saw, we saw this in chapter 25, had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had uh, removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. Now Saul did something that the Old Testament actually commanded. It said, when you go into the land, I don't want you to repeat the practices of the pagans. And mediums and spiritists are those who call upon Occult powers for information. Ultimately, if you meet someone who falls under this heading, a medium or a spiritist, it is an individual trying to find information about the past, the present, or the future by means of dark forces outside of God. The occult speaks of that which is occluded or hidden or veiled. And so there's even stories of uh, the history of cults in our modern times. Uh, I can think of the early history of Mormonism where Joseph Smith was actually messing with the occult, talking about things behind the veil and saying that he was using a peep stone to interpret and translate the Book of Mormon. And he was dabbling in the occult. Adolf Hitler 
His history was that he was dabbling in the occult and messing with occult stuff. And when you open the door, and I would argue that the handle of the door is on our side, when you start to mess with drug use, when you begin to mess with Ouija boards, believe it or not, there are stories where the first stages of someone opening up their life to demonic power happen through a Ouija board. And, you know, it was a Parker Brothers game. But people begin to mess with this stuff. I have a New Age encyclopedia on my shelf where a woman talks about opening the door. I think she started with the Ouija board. And she describes demonic powers literally chasing her down the street. I was at a Harvest Crusade some years ago. A young woman came up to me. I was on the outfield grass. And she said, I'm being harassed by multiple demons. And I said, well, what's happening to you? And she said, I leave my house and I feel like they're still touching me. Very weird interaction. And multiple pastors surrounded her and began to pray over her for deliverance in the name of Jesus. It's not something that you want to mess with. And Saul did a good thing here. He was following the Torah, Leviticus 19.31, 20 verse 6. Uh, verse 27, Deuteronomy 18, all say the same thing. God says, don't even go there. He says, don't go there because you can get real legitimate answers from demonic powers. They seem to know a little bit more than humans know, and that's how they captivate people. You might ask, what captivates people about the dark side? Because there's a power there, and people want power. People want information. And so that's what brought people to those uh, areas of life. I will tell you even this. I have met some people along the way who, uh, I'll give you one case in particular. A woman told me, I knew that she was involved in Wicca, and she had said to me, if more Christians were like you and your wife, and I'm not tooting our horn, but I'm just saying, I didn't interact with this lady much, but I was just kind to her family and stuff. And she said, if more Christians were like you and your wife, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Which indicated to me that she had Christian family members that somehow drove her into the occult as a means of rebellion, as a means of spite. Some people, I think, do that. They go over to the other side because they don't want to do what their hypocritical family members have done which is that they claim to be Christians, but then they don't live that way. And it drives people sometimes, sadly, to the other side. Well, Saul's done a good thing. He, he has removed the spiritist mediums from the land. So the Philistines gathered, verse 4, together and came and camped at Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they camped at Gilboa. Now, we've gotten the information about the mediums and the spiritists because this is setting the table for what's ahead. What's ahead is that Saul is about to go to a witch to get his answers because God's not speaking to him. But before uh, that happens, before we see this interaction, we're going to see what Saul's problem is. He's got his army going out because the Philistines have gathered in this very important valley near the Valley of Jezreel, near a major trade route, and they're trying to divide the nation and conquer the nation. 
And Saul's trying to meet the challenge. He no longer has David on his side. So he's got kind of a double threat. David's among the Philistine camp. You can see that in chapter 27. I think it's verse 4. Saul knows that. And now he's got the Philistines after him. He's gathered the the camp to a location. Notice it's uh, Gilboa, where he apparently can see the Philistine camp. And when he saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. Saul looked and he saw the military uh, might of the Philistine army, he saw the troop movements, and this was supposed to be the leader, right? When your leader's trembling with fear, you're in trouble, right? And so all of a sudden, Saul sees the camp of the Philistines, and Saul's life, sadly, was dominated by fear. He let fear rule him. Instead of the Lord being his fear, he let everything else be his fear. He let man be his fear. And when you let mankind be your fear, then you're going to be in fear of everything except what you should fear, which is the Lord. When Saul inquired of the Lord, verse 6, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by the Urim or by prophets. Saul's life was collapsing. He was fearful. So he tried to go to God by all the standard ways that the Old Testament seemed to indicate. He tried to do it, tried to listen by dreams, no dream. By the Urim and the Thummim, which was gone because Saul killed all the priests. And the last priest that finally got out of there with the ephod, and that was what was the uh, Urim and the Thummim were attached to the ephod. There was only one priest that survived, and he was with David. So he had no access to that by which God would often speak. And no prophets were speaking to him either. I don't know how long Saul waited, but we've all probably been there. You know, you're seeking the Lord, you're knocking, you're doing what the Bible says, and you're not hearing anything. Uh, There's some divine silence, and Saul wasn't a patient man. You know, sometimes when we feel like God's not listening to us or we're not hearing, maybe we need to ask some deeper questions like, what's going on in my heart? Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Maybe Saul should have looked within. Maybe he should have looked at his life and where he was, and where he was was in a bad place. David and jealousy and hatred of David had consumed his life. He had killed a bunch of priests. He was out of control. He was being dominated by an evil spirit. But rather than repenting, he just decided to do something very dumb. He decided to go to a witch or to a medium. Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium seven, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Now there apparently was one palm reader left in the neighborhood (laughs) with her sign, you know. Isn't it weird? You see those, uh, they're sprinkled out. There's a few of them sprinkled in different cities and you're like, wow, that's it's like usually a little shack and there's a palm reader in there. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this before. Yeah, maybe in your, hopefully in your, if you ever did, it was in your BC days before you knew Christ. And uh, people are little they're intrigued by this you know what what's this person gonna say and what will they tell me 
I had a co-worker years ago. I've told you the story before. She was Jewish. I was witnessing to her all the time. She couldn't give herself to Jesus as Messiah and Lord, but she went to a medium and she taped the session. And she said, Pastor Michael, I want you to listen to this. And I put the audio cassette, it was way back then, in my car at lunch. And it was really weird, uh, kind of a dark, uh, weird recording. But what was interesting about it is the medium had nailed two or three things in this girl's life that nobody else knew about. She had information and it was accurate. And this girl said to me, well, then... How would she know that? I said, you're a Jew. Don't you know these verses? You're Jewish. The Bible condemns that. Even if the information is accurate, it's not from God. Don't do that. Don't mess with that. I've been telling you which way to go. Don't mess with that stuff. But she was intrigued because some of it was actually accurate. Why would the warnings be in the Bible if all mediums and spiritists, if it was just a hoax, if it was just a game, if there was no validity to it whatsoever, why does God warn us about it? Think about it. He warns us about it because there is a power on the other side. And that power ultimately is looking to destroy you. In these cases, when someone dabbles in the occult, it's exciting. There's a power. And then all of a sudden, it gets darker and darker because Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy you. So you take that first thing, whatever that first thing is. Some, for some people, it was a drug, and it's intoxicating, and it's exciting. And then all of a sudden, you're in a prison, One of my friends years ago said that cocaine was the devil's dandruff. And people, they they mess with these things and then all of a sudden they find that that thing which they felt they were in control of now is in control of them. And behind that thing is the devil laughing. That's the point. You see, yeah, there is, there are some things about uh, this particular area of life that intrigues people, but you're not supposed to mess with it. Go to 1 Samuel 15. Just uh, back a few chapters. 1 Samuel 15. Look at verse 22. When Saul got in trouble, he didn't obey God. And Samuel said, 1 Samuel 15, 22, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, 15, 22, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion, 1 Samuel 15, 23, is as the sin of what? Witchcraft or divination. Divination, to divine something, means you want to find out information by means outside of God. So you go and you do something and for some people it's crystal balls and scrying and, and messages that they can get somehow from the other world. They're looking for information. And God says through Samuel to Saul, your sin of rebellion, you not obeying God, is the same thing as divination. It's the same thing as witchcraft. It's the same. Same level of sin. And insubordination as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being 
king. That's Saul's story. Saul wouldn't listen to God when God spoke to him, so God stopped speaking. Do you know that most of your life has to do with whether or not you're willing to listen to what God says to you when he speaks to you? Do you know that there's some people in your life that you stopped speaking to, you gave up, you encouraged and exhorted, and now you don't speak to them anymore because they won't listen to you? Well, with God, there's apparently some people who come to a point where God says, until you listen to what I've already said to you, I'm not saying anything more. And you get a divine silence, and that's a scary place to be. But if that happens, then maybe the thing for us to do is to go back and say, well, maybe I need to go revisit message one (laughs) and what the Lord's trying to show me. And for Saul... He really needed to repent of what he was doing. In 1 Chronicles 10, 13 and 14, just write it down for your notes, it says, So Saul died for his trespass which he committed against the Lord because of the word of the Lord which he did not keep. And also because he asked counsel of a medium making inquiry of it and did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he, God, killed him. And turn the kingdom to David, the son of Jesse, 1 Chronicles 10, 13, and 14. God killed him. Wow, I don't know how that fits with your theology. But God took Saul out by means of the Philistine army, but he did take him out. In the book of Deuteronomy, if you turn over there for a second, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, go to um, chapter 18. Here's the warning to Israel as they head into the land of Canaan. Deuteronomy 18, look at verse 9. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. Deuteronomy 18.10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, 18.11. Or one who casts a spell or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead, which is called necromancy. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God, For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and the diviners. But as for you, the Lord, your God, has not allowed you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your own countrymen. You shall listen to him. And that's a reference ultimately to Jesus in Acts 3, verse 22. Here's the warning. Don't go elsewhere for your answers. Because if you do... You're messing with something that God says not to mess with. Sometimes when we go somewhere for answers, it's because we don't like what we're we're hearing from God. So we go to the next thing, the next book that will tell us what we want to hear. There are people in the church today that will um, know that the Word of God is speaking clearly on something and they'll try to find someone who claims to be a Christian who's written a book to justify what they want to do. 
because they don't like what they're hearing. Well, Saul had to cover up himself to, to go to this medium. This is back in 28, 1 Samuel 28, 8. Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes. If you have to cover your face, if you have to go somewhere under the cover of night, if you have to take off your normal clothing by which people might recognize you, Living Truth Christian Fellowship t-shirt, for example. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't wear this. You might ask a deeper question. (laughs) Like, why don't I want to wear this t-shirt right now? Hi everybody, this is Cameron Thomas here, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Michael, and we're about to embark on a new adventure for Living Truth Radio. It's not going to replace the program that you're listening to right now, it's actually in addition to what you're listening to. So, Pastor Michael, what's this new adventure that we're embarking on? The new adventure is called The Bible Answer Show, Cameron, and it is a show to get questions from our listening audience and to give them answers. The tagline is, you've got questions... We've got answers. At least we hope to have all the answers, Cameron. And so it's a live interaction show, Q&A style. When can people listen to this new show? This show is going to be on from 12 to 1 Pacific time every Friday. So that's the time, 12 to 1 Pacific time on Fridays. And how can people access this? There's a number of ways to access it, Cameron, and the hub of it all is livingtruthradio.org. That's our website. And I'm hoping that our listening audience has already been there, livingtruthradio.org. And there they'll be able to find out all the different ways to interact with the Bible Answer Show. And the different vehicles are Facebook Live, live YouTube channel. We'll have podcasting where they can go back and listen to the show later. And they can even email questions to us at answers at livingtruthradio.org. That's answers at livingtruthradio.org. Awesome. So make sure you guys get those questions into us because otherwise we're trying to guess what questions you have and we're not mind readers. So get those questions into us so we can answer them for you on Fridays. Pastor Michael, anything? Last thoughts? Well, you're kind of the Facebook guy, Cameron, and I was thinking when people go to Facebook Live and they they have to like the Bible Answer Show, right? So tell them about how to like it and then how to get their questions. You have to go to facebook.com slash Bible Answer Show. There's no the, just Bible Answer Show. And you like the page, and if you follow us on Facebook Live on Fridays, you can actually ask your questions there. That's the only real live format that you can ask your questions. Otherwise, you have to email them in. And when they do that, they'll be able to interact with us live and get their questions answered right there on the spot. So that's it's going to be great, Cameron, and we're really excited. And yeah, I just want to tell you guys... Keep us in prayer on the Bible Answer Show. We're adding this as a new show. We know you have questions, and you may have friends, family members have questions. They may live in other states or even another country. Tell them about the show. Keep us in prayer. And join us this Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Bible Answer Show. Can't wait to be with you guys. On behalf of Living Truth Radio and Pastor Michael Lance, blessings to you all. LivingTruthRadio.org Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. 
You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.